0: Jesus, make sure that the lights stay on when the storm comes. Jesus, make sure they turn the lights back on after the, sometimes they'll go off. Jesus, make sure that there's gas. I can put gas in my car. My, my vehicle runs good. Jesus, make sure he takes care of me in whatever capacity that is. And therefore, I'm thankful for Jesus. I'm thankful for Jesus. I'm thankful
1: for you, but
0: I'm more thankful for Jesus.
1: You're now in tune to the Heaven Bound Broadcast with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia. Now prepare to be empowered and equipped with the rich word of God. The term always can be defined as at
0: all times on all occasions. Always is synonymous with words like regularly, constantly, and consistently. If I'm going to be consistent and steady and stable in giving God thanks in the midst of blessings, challenges, and times of uncertainty, I need to be in the position that I understand what the Holy Spirit uh, wants for my life. It requires a high level of maturity in order to be consistent, constant, and steady when it comes to being thankful. Because uh, immature folks only thank God when things are going good, but mature folks thank God it doesn't matter the situation, they always have a word from God and in, in turns where they can give God thanks. I was thinking about even before uh, the young man got thrown, excuse me, in the lines then, or uh, no, the fiery furnace. Let's say, hey, God is still able to, even if he don't do it. In other words, they had a word from God that says, hey, you know what? God is still able to do it. And we got to have that same type mindset that no matter what goes on in our life, we have a word from God that says God can do it. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for that. My Thanksgiving is not based on what I see, what I feel, or what someone tells me. My thanksgiving is not based on the holiday who or will not come to see me. Neither is it based on what I will eat or not eat. Neither is it based on what I think about what thanksgiving is. My thanksgiving is based on the Word of God. And see, maturity, maturity tells me to consistently be in a thankful mindset without wavering based on the circumstances I see around me. I can't be childish. I can't be unlearned when it comes to what I see. I'm a faith walker. I walk by faith and not by sight. In other words, all things are working together for my good because I love God and I'm called according to his purpose. That's maturity. Because it may not look good in the natural sense, but we got to believe that God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. I must continue to grow up in God's written and revealed word so that my thinking, talking, and actions can grow in a similar manner. My mindset, my thought process, my attitude, and my actions can't be that of a baby, a child, a kindergartner. Uh, Uh, that it should be, in other words, it should be an individual who is, has been in church for a while learning how to give God thanks. That should be my mindset. I've been in church for a while, so I'm giving God thanks for all the things that he's done for me. And I may not agree with everything that's happening in my life, but I'm grateful because the word is still working. And that's where my growth comes in at. I'm, my, I'm growing. I'm developing. I am advancing. I am evolving and maturing in God's written and revealed word. And, and I find it necessary that I make sure I do that. I, got, I must be intentional. I must be intentional by, about maturing. I can't just say I'm going to mature and all of a sudden I just grow up without even doing anything. No, I've got to be Intentional. After developing God's word, I need to expand and flourish and improve in my understanding and ability to speak God's word to myself, my situations, as well as to others. I must advance in making mental connections to the word of God as is being taught during morning worship, Bible study, revivals, trainings, and so forth. I need to clearly understand what God is speaking to me directly as well as indirectly if true transformation is going to take place in my finances, my marriage, my auxiliary, my single life, my work life, my school life, my business, and so forth. I need to connect to what is God speaking to me right now. He may be saying that men ought to always pray and not lose heart. I was going to pray and not pray. Men should always pray. Men should always pray. So I'm saying, God, you want me to pray. I, I must not be praying the way that I need to, so I'm connecting with that word on prayer. And, but this is the thing. This is the thing. I got to pray then. I got to pray. Don't get weary and well-doing for a due season you should reap if you faint not. If he says men ought to always pray, I got to pray. I may not feel like it, but I need to connect to that. And one way you know you connect to it is you put it into action. You put it into action. That's how I know I've connected with the Word of God. And listen, and, and it, it may be a challenge for me to do it, but I'm going to do it not based on how I feel. I'm a faith walker. I walk by faith, not by sight. And a lack of growth and childish behavior tends tends for me to cause to blame others for my missteps and my misinformation. So, in other words, if I'm not developing, if, not, if I'm not intentional about growing, I, I start to blame others for stuff that I am lacking doing. Mm, mm, mm. That's what Paul reminds us about the importance of me putting away childish things. It's a personal thing. You can't do it for me. I've got to do it for myself. I got to own it. Just like my faith is personal, uh, which we learned about last week. So my desire to grow in God's word must be personal as well. Do I believe that God can do this? See, that was a personal question. That was a personal question for the individuals who were blind that was personal to them. Do I believe you can do this? Do you believe I can do this? And I'm like, yes, Lord, I believe. But do you really believe? One thing we learned last week is when you believe, you you connect to God. You connect to his word. And so you notice what happened when they connected, they could see. And when we connect to God, you're going to see the promises of God come to pass in your life. Oh, good God Almighty. Listen, if you need a healing, God's going to heal you. If you need deliverance, God will deliver you. If you need to be blessed and prosperous, God will bless you and prosper you. Why? Because you're connected to him. You're connected to them, and you were intentional about being connected to God. Now, children have a unique way of thinking and talking and acting that is unique to them, and they're children. We expect children to act like children, but when grown folks step in the room, including me, uh, I should be talking like I am a grown fir- a person. I shouldn't have childish behavior that is—what is childish behavior? Going against the Word of God. I should not be a person that constantly goes against what God is saying. Notice the Bible tells us, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So I need to think like God wants me to think. And listen, and then if I don't, I just need to repent and then get back in the Word of God to find out how I should think, how I should talk, and how I should should conduct my life. I have to learn how to make adjustments, but yet I need to allow God's written and revealed word to make some adjustments adjust, adjustments in me. I need some transformation and renovation to take place in my life. Let's, let's go to two scriptures real quick. I'm going to look at one, then we're going to go over to 1 Corinthians 13 and 11. Go to Romans chapter 12, verse 1, real briefly. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable acceptable to God, which is a reasonable service. Verse two, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And see, the more that you develop in the word of God, the more you allow God to transform your mind, you begin to start, you mature in the word of God. You're maturing in the Word of God. So you can be like Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 11. Let's go over to First Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 11. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, understood as a child, I fought as a child, but when I became a man... I put away childish things. Notice one key part about that. But when I became a man, when I renewed my mind in the Word of God, when I started uh, learning the Scriptures and applying the Word of God in my life, I started to put away childish things. Are y'all seeing how the Word of God is the key for us putting away childish things? One thing, one part is you got to know what childish things are. You may not, listen, if you don't know what they are, you may not even know what to put away. The word of God will reveal to you what to put away. And so the Bible lets us know that when I was a child, I spoke, I talked, I shared my thoughts in a childish manner. I understood my feelings and my, and my views as a child. I, 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 I did it in a childish manner. But I thought. Oh, God, as a child. Oh, I've been guilty of that too. I made my decisions in a childish manner. My judgment was in a childish manner. But when I became, when I became, and this is what we all have to be intentional about, becoming. We got to be intentional about becoming. Nobody can become you for you but you. And nobody can become me for me except me. See, this is what another thing that God has put on the table for us. He said, listen, you've got to become who, what I made you to be. You've got to become. I've got to become. It's up to me to do it, and I can't get mad with everybody else if I'm not doing what I need to do. I can't get mad with other folks. And I like what it says. A part of me becoming a man is putting away putting away what? Childish things. Childish things. Childish behaviors. Childish mindset. Put it in, putting it away. Because children going to be children. Children going to be children. Now, immature folks, yeah, you can, you should expect that from immature folks. But people that have been in the Word of God for years and years, you expect for them to, listen, not every time that something happens, they act Childish. Every time they go through a trouble, they act childish. Every time they see something that doesn't line up with their way of thinking, they act childish. Oh, don't get in the way. Wah, 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 wah. Okay, that's not good baby sound. All right. Anyway. But I see y'all getting the point. Act childish. You hear them talking. You didn't hear them. And all of a sudden, in the back of your mind, they're going, Wh, weh, way. You're trying to hold your face. No, just acting childish. Hadn't they been in church for a long time now? Hadn't they been, listen, hadn't they been at Bible study after Bible study, uh, service after service, and they still acting in a childish way? And so, yet as grown folks, we need to align our feelings, views, and decision-making with the Word of God, especially when it comes to having an attitude of thankfulness. See, Thanksgiving is a time where we can take a moment to reflect on what we're thankful for family, friends, loved ones, and so forth. But most of all, we're thankful for Jesus. Mm. Hallelujah! I'm thankful for Jesus. I'm thankful that Jesus, and I might get personal for a moment, is my healer. Jesus is my deliverer. (laughs) Jesus is my provider. Jesus is my way maker. Jesus is my redeemer. And yeah, I'm thankful for it. Because can't nobody do me like Jesus. Listen, I'm thankful for all of you, but I'm thankful for Jesus. See, Jesus is my, I'm sorry, y'all, this is personal, my refuge and my strength. A very present help in what? Trouble. Psalms 46 and 1. No, no, not only that. Jesus is keeping me. Jesus is protecting me. Jesus is comforting me. Jesus is teaching me. Jesus loves me. But listen, he loved me when everybody else said, hey, eh, eh. No, he loves me. He loves me. He also loved me enough to correct me. Mm, let me say that one more time. He loves me enough to correct me. He loves me enough and he forgives me. He strengthens me. He provides for me. He puts food in my, oh, food on the table, clothing on my back, shelter, hallelujah, gas in my car. Oh, yeah. Mm. Jesus. Make sure that the lights stay on when the storm comes. Jesus makes sure they turn the lights back on after sometimes they'll go off. Jesus makes sure that there's gas. I can put gas in my car. My, My vehicle runs good. Jesus makes sure he takes care of me in whatever capacity that is. And therefore, I'm thankful for Jesus. I'm thankful for Jesus. I'm thankful for you, but I'm more thankful for Jesus. I'm thankful for Jesus. Let me say this to you. Jesus can do all things except fail. I'm thankful for Jesus gives us peace that passes all understanding. I'm grateful that Jesus, the joy of the Lord, is my strength. He gives me ability to do what I need to do in order to accomplish his will. I love that about Jesus. Again, Paul serves as a great reminder that I must continue to grow in my always. I need to continue to grow in my, in everything when it comes to being grateful. If you don't mind, let's go to First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18. Yeah, I know it's personal to you too when you start talking about the goodness of Jesus, but you know, I, I'm sorry, I got the mic right now, so here we go. When you get up here, you can tell your story, all right then. First Corinthians 5:18. Notice what the Bible says. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Paul shares with us. Shares with us, first of all, in everything, give thanks. But the part that I like. That really sets it apart. And everything gives thanks for this is the will of God. This is the will of God. Not my will, but your will be done, God. Because I'll be honest with you, can I, do a little transparency right here, I don't always feel like giving him thanks. But it's not my will that got to be done. Are y'all seeing the text here? It said, listen, this is his will, for me to give him thanks. Okay, so I'm going to give you thanks, God. I may not like my circumstance, but I give you thanks because there is a word in that circumstance. Mm -hmm. There's a word in that circumstance. You may be challenged in your body, but there's a word in that circumstance. You may be going through, but there's a word in that circumstance. Whatever you're going through, you're not, thank God that, but you're thanking God for the Word that's in that circumstance that you're dealing with. We're thankful for the Word. So in everything, the whole, it, the, each and everything, we're going to give thanks. We're going to be grateful. Mm. And how many know the best place to be and the safest place to be is in the will of God? The will of God. See, Paul is telling the church in Thessalonica to make sure that in each and everything, be thankful. So, what are we thankful for? The Word. Because the Word, is, listen, the Word should be everywhere, but we got to be thankful for it. In other words, in everything I possess, I'm grateful for, grateful mindset, a grateful attitude. See, you need, if you got a good attitude going through, you ought to be thankful for it. You ought to be thankful for it. You, you know how you used to go through? You complained, got mad and upset. Them days over. Now I know I'm saying that by faith for some of y'all. But listen, them days over. Because in everything, we're going to give what? Thanks. Listen, if I'm throwing in the lion's den, I'm giving thanks because God going to deliver me out from the lion's den. If I'm throwing in the fiery furnace, God will give God thanks because God is going to help me in the fiery furnace. Oh, Lord. If I go to work at your job, the one you love so much, I'm giving God thanks because of the job that you're in. Let's see, y'all missed that digging. I'm giving God thanks for the house that you're in because God had blessed you to have a roof over your head. I'm giving God thanks. I'm thankful for the car that you're riding in, and you may call it hoopty, but I'm thanking God for the hoopty. If it cranked up and got you to church this morning, thank God for the hoopty. Are y'all fine? We're giving God thanks. What are we thanking God for? The word that works in these circumstances, in these situations. It's the word we're giving God thanks for. Because cars change, Houses change. Clothes change. But God's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. We're thankful for the word working in us. My mindset says, I appreciate you, Jesus. Oh, if I wear blue today, I'm I'm grateful, God. If I wear red today, I'm thankful, Lord. If I wear orange today, I'm thankful, God. If I got on 12 different colors today, I'm thankful, Lord.
1: Whatever
0: it is, I'm thankful for what he's doing in our lives. Grateful says I'm learning not to take things, people, and opportunities for granted. I'm learning to, to not take my job for granted, my school for granted, my business for granted. Yeah, I know they don't pay you enough, but you're not depending on the job as your source. Mm. Yeah, I know that they don't give you the bonus you're looking for, but listen, let me tell you something. That job is not your source. If God decides, you know what, I know they complain about what they're making. Well, what if I just decrease their expenses? Will they be grateful then? Y'all missed that? Y'all missed that? You ain't for God to raise something up. What if God decreased your expenses? Amen. I ain't made with $2,000 a month, but you got zero expenses. You know, hey, I'd be happy with zero expenses no matter. You see what I'm saying? God got a word working on all of us. It's a word working in our lives. It's working right now. Right now, right now. Look at somebody and tell them, right now, right now, right now, right now. that Right now, right now, right now, right now. And I'm learning how to tell God thank you. And the antithesis or the opposite of being gratefulness is thankless, critical, unappreciative, and ungrateful. And unfortunately, people are out there like that. They like that. They were at the church at Thessalonica. They was at the church at Ephesus. That's why Paul had to correct this particular behavior. So you're not the first person that had to deal with this, but that's why we learn. Remember, one of the things we learned here recently was sometimes you see what God tells you in Scripture so you can do it better next time. You can do it better next time. That's where repentance is. You're learning what you did wrong, asking God to forgive you, so in turn, you can do it better next time. Remember when he taught, taught his disciples how to pray? What did he tell them? You can pray better next time, more effective next time. You prayed this way, but now I'm going to teach you how to do it in a more effective way. And this is what God is doing for all of us, how, teaching us how to be more grateful. Therefore, Paul warns the church and warning us that in everything give thanks. He goes on to give us the why behind. being thankful or grateful in the second clause of the verse. For this is the will, the purpose, the the desire of God in Christ Jesus for you or concerning us or towards us. That's what Paul was teaching and instructing the church in Thessalonica that in everything give thanks. Paul must have known that in every situation that we're in, there is a word to give them thanks for. Even if that word pertains to God's protection, deliverance, forgiveness, his grace, his provision, his opportunity for us even to repent. I thank God for a word of repentance. Thank you for five amens right there. You may not need to repent, but I thank God for an opportunity to repent. Lord, have mercy upon my soul, God. You may not have never had to pray that prayer. You might not have never messed up, but for the rest of us, we thank God for forgiveness. Thank God that we can say, God, I did it wrong. Have mercy upon my soul. And God is faithful and he's great, gracious enough to forgive us. Oh, thank you for forgiveness, God. And as a Christ-minded believer in a forward-minded church, I have to know that my giving thanks is God's desire and purpose for my life. See, the word is not, is not telling me to be flawless, but he's telling me to be grateful. I like that. In everything give thanks. I'm not going to be flawless, and I thank God for his grace that keeps me, even when, I'm not, when, I'm, when I do mess up. Not if, but when I mess up. <laughs> Glory be to God. I'm grateful for his grace. And when I make mistakes, come up short and say and do things contrary to God's word. A grateful and a thankful heart will pull me back into the will of God for my life. My situations can or should not dictate my thankfulness. Mm, That's good right there, God. My situation should not dictate my thankfulness. Oh, I, I I should be grateful no, no matter what goes on around me. <laughs> I, I, look, I do I said I should be, but evidently there's some people in the church that would not, and Paul had to correct it. Oh, I guess he might be telling some. Pe- there's some people here at OCC that are not being grateful, and they 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 doing more complaining than telling me thank you. They doing more than telling me hallelujah. They're trying to look at the negative everything I haven't done instead of looking at what I have done. Because, you know, sometimes we get caught up in what we don't have instead of looking at, oh, God, you know what, I am blessed. You know I am. I'm more blessed than what I, 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 I deserve. I, I got more than what I think I have. Yeah, you may not have but a two or three uh, little Roman noodles up in the pantry, but you, you could be blessed more than a lot of people in the world. At least you got some water to boil it in. And you got some flavor to go in it. And maybe you got a little hot sauce to give it a little more flavor. At least you got a meal. And some people don't even have that. Some people don't even have that. So in everything, give thanks. And see, that's the sign of a mature believer. Maturity in God teaches me that it is his will for my life. And this greater than my will for my life. Maturity teaches me I must learn to be thankful despite my situation or my circumstance. I must be thankful in the good and the not so good. I must continue to realize the importance of getting the will of God and remaining in the will of God. Jesus is our perfect example. If you don't mind go with me to the book of Luke 22 I'll be looking at two verses of scripture 21 and verse 22. Luke chapter 22. Verses 21 through 22. Luke chapter 22. I'm sorry. Look at the difference. 22 verse 21. I'm going to read 21 and 22 and come back and talk to you a little bit about it. Luke 22. Starting at verse 21. But he behold, but behold. The hand of my betrayer is with me on the table. Jesus is having what some consider what uh, some consider or called the Last Supper, and he says this: "The hand of my betrayer is with me on the table." You talking about preparing the table for you in the presence of your enemies? Woo! And truly. The Son of Man goes as it has been determined, but woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. Mm -hmm. Isn't that something? The hand of my betrayer, the hand, the power, the authority of my betrayer, the one who sent to condemn me and punish me and put me to death is with me on the table. Get ready to eat a good old turkey leg with some giblet gravy and a little. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry, I lost two, two, two or three of y'all. Then Cranberry sauce, I'm sorry. Let me get back, let me get back, let me get back. Get ready to bite into it. And Jesus, just, I, I can imagine just stopping for a moment and saying, the hand of my betrayer is with me. Betrayal is a deliberate act of disloyalty. Betrayal has to do with deceiving, misleading, and destroying someone's trust. Betrayal is painful mentally, emotionally, and in this case, physically. Let me tell you something. And I know many of you have lived life long enough, it hurt to be betrayed. Notice I said that personally. It hurt to be betrayed. But notice, you're not the first one to be betrayed. Now, let me say this to you: I have not always been the best example. When I've been betrayed, I'm just talking about me. I know y'all probably got it down pat. I'm ready to ride over some, ride over somebody's house. <laughs> I'm ready to ride in there sideways. I mean, I'm just, I'm just being real with you. I know some of y'all say, oh, Pastor, no. I, just, I, just, I just say, well, Lord, do it, do it. Just, I just chalk it up to God. I ain't ready to chalk up nothing. I'm ready to go and get somebody. I, I <laughs> so I had to learn how to be led by the Holy Spirit when I got betrayed. Why? Because Jesus is a good example of what to do when you get betrayed. You follow? Y'all don't need to go by my example. Because that would not be a good example to go by. Y'all might be seeing folks that look like he, my brother in the back when he get in uniform. <laughs> that may not be a good look for you. You follow me? But notice what Jesus said here. And truly, the Son of Man goes as it's been determined. But woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. Vengeance is mind, saith the Lord. I will repay and you gotta follow the guiding of the Holy Spirit. And you know what you're great, you know what you're grateful for? Vengeance is mine, said the Lord. I will repay. Y'all follow me? One thing, one lesson I've learned. God knows how to get people back a lot better than you do. A lot better than me. Because I but the only let me let, 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 let me tell you this, sister. Don't tell nobody I told you that. I just wanna be there when he get them back. That's all I want to know. I want to be sitting on the front row with my popcorn. You, you finna do it, Lord. <laughs> hey, y'all remember uh, before um, Jonah? You know, Jonah was watching. Hey, Jonah got mad. He went on top of that hill and was looking down because he waited for God to get him. <laughs> sure was. So I, I know what Jonah was talking about, but you notice how God had a different plan. Because you know what they did? They repented. And you rather see a soul saved than you get vengeance as mine. Save the rich. all right? Mm-hmm. All right, so now let's go to Luke 22 and 22. Oh, I, I'm sorry. 42. Let me read this. Saying, Father, if it's your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, my will... Not my will, but yours be done. 42? Okay, I'm sorry. 42. So it goes on. Goes on at the table. And at verse 42, saying, Father, if, it's your, if, it, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. So notice, notice his will, his desire, and his purpose, just like we read a little bit earlier, in all things give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. His will here, he says, not my will, but yours be done. I want your will to be accomplished. I want your will to be performed. I want your will to be finished. See, Jesus places the Father's will before his will. And if Jesus can do it, He's teaching me what to do when I get in situations very similar. I don't need to be talking about, let's get them, Lord. I need to say, not my will, Lord, but your will be done. I ain't going to put nothing in they drink, nothing in. The, uh, I ain't going to mess up they co- Not my will, but your wills be done. You follow me? And then when I get around, I'm going to be grateful when I get around. I'm going to mess them up. I'm going to treat them with kindness. Woo! Glory be to God. Help us all, Jesus. Jesus realized the Father's will was greater than his will. I need to continue to grow in my confidence, in my faith, in the character of God, understand that his will is better than mine. He desires the best for me. Thank God he does. Therefore, he sends his word week in and week out to remind me, I desire the best for you. I desire the best for each and every one of us. I want to be in God's will for my life. I know you do too. And I want us to accomplish his purpose and his plan for our life. I want to be able to better trust him to finish the work that he began in me. And I believe that God's word is synonymous with his will. In order to get in, remain in, and do the Lord's will, I must constantly gain knowledge and understanding of his word because his word is his will. I must meditate on his word day and night. I need to think about it, talk about it, consider, in my, consider it in my decision making. See, the word of God must be real and relevant to me, and I must learn how to apply his word in every area of my life. If I don't know it, I just need to continue to study until I get a revelation of what God is speaking to me in my life. And I can't allow distractions to keep me from getting God's word. See, distractions will hinder me from developing, developing a grateful mindset because it'll block my ability to understand and get clarity on who God is in my life. I need a living word from a God to deal with life. Woo. I need to learn how to deal with life through the word of God and not through my eyesight, not through my vision. There is life in God's word, and his word is necessary to live by. We need a preceding word from God on a constant basis. Therefore, we have scriptures like Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. Let's go to Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. But he answered and said, "It it is written, man should not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live. In in other words, he shall not support himself. He shall not maintain himself by bread alone, but by every word. Every word, that's how he supports himself. That's how he maintains himself. He maintains himself by the word of God. I need to learn how to maintain myself by the word of God. I need to support myself with the word of God. So in other words, I'm making decisions based on the word and not how I feel. And not what I'm dealing with. I I need it based on the word of God. I need God to constantly send me a preceding word to help me shape my attitude, my thinking, my talking, my decision making, because if not, I'm going going to get out the will of God if I don't have his word to guide me. And I don't want to get out of the will of God because that's how I live. That's how I make decisions. Even if it's something as simple as saying, God, you know what, I messed up. I did it wrong. I, 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 I didn't pray like I should pray. I didn't. You know, I thought I was in faith. And let me tell you something. It's nothing not like a situation to come up in your life to see how much faith you're really operating in. Because you can, you can preach. I can preach. Faith, 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 What happened on Tuesday afternoon? What happened on Thursday morning? What happened at 3.14 a.m. in the morning when you're looking at and the enemy bring thoughts of, you know the thoughts he brings. Everybody in the house sleep. it's quiet, and, and, you know, normally you'd be throwing down some Z's, but you're up in the middle of the night thinking about, thinking about, I mean, thinking about. I try, and then your mind, go to sleep, mind. I got to go get up in a few more hours now. I'm messing up some good sleep thinking about. Then you try that scripture, I'm going to cast my care upon you. Dad, I thought it went, but give, I'm going to throw it on you and still be right there. You got to learn how. Learn how. So we see where your faith is, but let me say this to you. Don't lose heart in doing well. Just repent and do it. try to do it better next time. Just, just repent and try to do it better next time. All right, you got up at 3:14 a.m. You didn't go back to sleep, and as soon as you, you start to get back into the zone, uh, 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 And you're mad? because you't lost three hours. Could have been some good sleep. Now you're mad because you got to get up and do what you got to do. But don't get mad. Just go tomorrow night, the next night. Just do it again. This time, okay. I'm gonna get the word. This time, I ain't gonna watch that crazy stuff I watched last night. <laughs> I, you know, I can start thinking about. It. Are you following me? Don't get away from God because you messed up something. Okay. Just get back in, and just say, Hey, I'm gonna do it again. You going back to sleep anyway, so you might as well just do it the way God wants it done. And so instead of saying, oh, God, I'm messed up now. No, no, just repent and get back in. it. Now, I want to get back to my main scripture here in these last few minutes. I got Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20. In fact, I want to go back and read Ephesians to give you a better context of what was happening at this time that Paul wrote this letter in Ephesians chapter 5. So if you go back to Ephesians chapter 5 and go back a few verses to give you a context of what Paul was correcting this church in this particular matter. And I'm going to start just at Ephesians chapter 5 and verse uh, 17. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So one thing that Paul wants the church to do is to understand the will of the Lord. And one of the things we all need to understand is, what is the will of the Lord for my life? What is the will of the Lord for my life? Verse 18, and do not be drunk with wine. Okay. Paul put it out there. Don't be drunk with wine. Yeah, I know you used to drink. That's why I wrote this letter. But don't be drunk with wine. And which is this, this dissipation. But notice this, but be filled with the Spirit. So he told them to be filled with the Spirit. Not only that, he says, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. So Paul said, y'all not even speaking to one another, right? This is how I want you to speak to one another. Y'all see that in the text? He says, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns. First of all, you got to know what psalms are. You got to know what hymns are. And you got to know what spiritual songs are. Sing it and make a melody in your heart to the Lord. Then he says this in verse 20, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to read 21 and go back and we're going to talk about 20. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. So this is the atmosphere that Paul makes this particular statement. And he says in in verse 20, giving thanks. Thanks always. He says, I I always want you to be thankful or grateful at all times. I have to get always in my spirit. So when I start to complain, I start to do this, that, and the other, I got to go back to what Paul said, giving thanks always. So therefore, I need the mind of Christ to give God thanks always. Because this ain't going to come natural. Philippians 2 and 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What, what is he say, telling us this morning? I need to be able to give thanks always. And one lesson I had to learn is who am I giving thanks to? Let me show you real briefly what I'm talking about. If I give you this, what do you tell me? What your mama tell you? Don't miss because 'cause I'm tell. Say that again. Say thank you. Now, who is the object? Who who are you telling thank you to? The person who's giving the gift. That's right. So the person who's giving the gift, you tell that person thank you. I say pass out. That's too simple. No, not really, because sometimes we get stuff and we give everybody else thanks except the person who really gave it to us. Are y'all seeing that? See, we think the job gave it to us. We think that our own intellect gave it to us. We think that, uh, you know, we did something great in order to get it. But now, really. Hold on. Let me. Because who gave it to you? I did. See, I'm the object who gave him thanks. So when we go through this this last part of this text here, I want you to think about who gave you these particular things. I want to say that, I'm saying and always give thanks. I want you to remember who is the object, who is the person who is giving you these particular things. So when you think about the roof over your head, when you think about your car, when you think about your job, you think about your business. Yeah, they hired you, but why did they hire you? Yeah, you got the business deal, but why did you get the business deal? Yeah, you got, listen, they gave you a good report, but why did they give you a good report? Who is the person or the entity or the God who gave you these things? Because when you get that down, you'll be like Abram said: nobody made me rich but God. Yeah, yeah, I know you gave me this, that, and the other, but hey, you couldn't have done it unless God, it was his will for my life. Hmm. So, there's a few things I want to talk about we can give him thanks for. I'm especially thankful. Woo, glory be to God. I'm especially thankful for number one salvation. Salvation. My deliverance, my protection, and my prosperity. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. I'm just going to read this to you for time's sake. Nor, there is, salvation, nor, nor is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. So I'm thankful for God's deliverance, his protection, and his prosperity. And his name as well. As well as his authority, he gives me access to his salvation. So number one thing I'm thankful for, and this is not necessarily in order, but I'm just giving you a few to think about. Salvation. But who who did salvation come from? It came from Jesus. Are y'all seeing that? And so when we tell God, thank you, hey, I'm telling him thank you. Next one is the word of God. First Thessalonians 2 and 13 says this, for this reason, we also thank God without ceasing. Why do we thank God without ceasing? Because you received it. You, You took it upon yourself to accept the word of God, which you heard from us. Not only did you receive it, you welcomed the word of God. You learned it. You embraced it. Not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which, effect, which also effectively works in you who believe. So I'm, not only did I receive the word, but I welcomed the word. I like that. Because, see, he only says you can, just, you can get it, but do you welcome it? Do you embrace it? Do you learn about it? You say, God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for that word. So I'm especially thankful for the word of God. Woo! I like what, it, what, what uh, Matthew said. Matthew 4 and 4. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I'm grateful for his word. I'm grateful for his word. And, I, I, and that you can could, you could name many more things. But I'm most grateful. For Jesus, I'm most grateful for Jesus because Jesus is my everything. He makes it all possible. I'm grateful for Jesus. He says in all things give thanks, but you know what? I'm thankful for Jesus because if it, Jesus didn't give it to me, I would not have it. I wouldn't have it. A- and you know what? We can go down the list. Roof over our head. Food in our pantry, money in our account, relationships, and good mind, good health, able to see, able to smell, able to touch. Listen, the five senses working. Listen, all these things, they all come from Jesus. They all come from Jesus. The enemy will have you trying to think that it came from somewhere else. Here, have you thinking it came from, oh, you got a good doctor. Yeah, you got a good school. You got a good system. Yeah, you got, uh, quote, unquote, good, a business acronym. Yeah, you got all these other things. But you got to realize it all come from Jesus. He made it all possible. So this particular Thanksgiving season we're in right now, I want you to be thankful for Jesus thankful for Jesus. Every good and perfect gift is from above. He says in all things give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Oh, I'm thankful for Jesus. I'm, I'm thankful for Jesus. And let me show you how important this is in my last scripture. First Corinthians 15, 13 through 15. First Corinthians 15, 13 through 15. If Jesus wouldn't have did what he did. If he wouldn't, listen, we would not be here right now if Jesus would not have done what he done. I want you look around this room. Look how blessed people look in this sanctuary. Look how blessed people look in here. You think that would happen without Jesus? Oh, you think that would happen without Jesus? Jesus is the reason that we're here tonight, today. But notice if Jesus wouldn't have done what he'd done. Verse 13, 1 Corinthians 15, starting at 13. But if there is no re- resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty. It has no purpose behind it. There's no reason for me to get up here and get this microphone. No reason for us to get up in the morning. No reason for us to gather together and worship Jesus because it has no purpose And your faith is also empty. Acts that result in nothing. You believe in God for something? It don't even matter. Because your faith is empty. Yes, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ whom he did not raise up. If in fact the dead do not rise, basically what he's saying is you have no purpose and you have no reason to be him but it's all because of jesus so when i say always give thanks i'm thankful for jesus I'm, gra- I'm thankful for jesus do i have five people in the sanctuary that's thankful for jesus this morning hallelujah if that's you amen if you don't mind stand to your
1: feet and let's give our jesus a big hand of praise amen We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's message. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your prayer requests and testimonies to our website at OCCVR.org. That's OCCVR.org. We would like to invite you to partner with us as we share the gospel all around the world. Just go to our website at OCCVR.org. Click on the Give button to give online. Or you can utilize text to give. Text give to the number seven seven zero six nine two 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 five. 692 2225 That's 770-692-2225. Join us on our YouTube channel, subscribe to our podcast, and connect with us on social media. We also invite you to join us in a live service. We're located at 3097 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia. Visit our website for more details at OCCVR.org. Until next time, remember, without a vision, the people perish. See you next time for more Heaven Bound with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia.